Welcome to Plato's Gravity. My name is Aaron. That's true. It is true. Yeah. Are there other things? That's a good that are point. True? Are there other things that are true that we need to know about? Um, gravity is a constant of nine point eight uh, meters per second squared. It doesn't count if you say "uh" in the middle. I don't a, think you know. No, that's no, it's true. It's it's uh, you. It, no, it's true. Nine point eight. Uh, it might not be meters per second squared. It's nine point eight is the c- gravitational constant. I'm also curious if there's another uh, thing that's been constant. Uh, has what sure, you've been called uh, for your whole life? Been death constant? and taxes are also constant. What about? Ha- have you been called this a, a similar thing for your entire life? Dick. Um, I have never called you that. That's. Thank you for not making fun of me. Well, what's What's your name? In a world where I'm constantly being called a dick, that you have not Jason. makes me feel. That is, that's also, I, people have called me that too. Jason. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Jason, for joining us on the show. I'm asking, I think when it takes too long, I'm just going to thank you like you're a guest. Oh. We also want to thank Nick for coming back on the show. Nick is half of Exit 12 Brewery. Uh, today is a, is a first for the show. Uh, I like to announce what we have first. Today is the first time ever that we have the coasters uh, of this is very person. true. We have Exit 12 Brewery coasters that we are using for our beers today, uh, we, which came in a care package from the Exit 12 Brewery guys. So thank you, Brandon and Nick. Thank you, Nick, especially since you're here in front of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. So, uh, on. yeah. So we start. <laughs> thanks, Nick, for coming on the show. We start every episode with a beer. So we are drinking Rober, which is a uh, farmhouse ale with French oak from Central State Beer. Um, and even though I definitely know the answer, can you tell us why you chose this beer today, Nick? Uh, well, it's probably a pretty boring answer. I chose the beer basically because French oak in a farmhouse pale ale is very unique and it's not something that we generally get here in New England. Not yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, uh, and this is a beer that, so we sent a care pack. So the, uh, Nick and Brandon sent us a care package of some New England beers, which we crushed and enjoyed. And then about five months later, because I'm lazy and, and boring, <laughs> every I, weekend I would be here and everyone would be like, I got to mail that beer. Oh, I'm oh, going to send God. it any day now. Oh, fuck. I got to <laughs> mail that beer. So I finally mailed the care package back to the guys at Exit 12 Brewery, and I used the wrong address. I mailed it to your mom, which is oh, fantastic. Hi, very mom. true. Yep, very uh, correct. Uh, and, uh, and she had it, and she told me, she asked me what pumpkin patch candles and bottles was um which is a company that i utilize yeah you make up so that people don't inspect your shit correct yes (laughs) so that was a nice little explanation yeah Uh, so she was she unaware of this beforehand correct so for those of you who aren't beer traders can you explain this to them yeah so i mean the basic premise is if you want to try other beers that you can't uh necessarily get your hands on Mm. you uh would trade other beers much like you would magic the gathering cards much like you would baseball cards back when they were popular do you have to make up a a a company name about candles and and honey bears when you trade magic the gathering cards on the internet fair point you do not oh Uh, but i feel like the name explain that aspect yeah i I was crushing I, i crushed your analogy but i would like to hear the difference I apologize for crushing it. No, no. So I I guess the the basic idea is in order to throw off the shipping companies, Mm, uh, when they pick up the the box and they hear swishing or any type of other noise that may indicate some type of liquid, you uh, would name it something. You would uh, create a company name, which is free to do. You don't need anything on these websites such as USPS, FedEx, uh, UPS, whatever the situation may be. You create a company name. And uh, so that way it kind of throws off the people, it throws people off the scent that are, that are kind of picking the beer up. So um, speaking of scent, when you sent us the beer, you also had some Tic Tacs in there and I was highly offended because I I thought there's no way that that dude could smell my breath from Massachusetts. I disagree. Your breath. Halitosis, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So we basically, yeah, you put a Tic Tacs or any type of candy to kind of throw off the sound of the, of the beer moving back and forth. And it's been uh, very fruitful. Thus far for me, I've been shipping beer for a few years now. Was that a Tic Tac joke? No, the fruitful. Fruit, the fruit Tic Tacs exactly are garbage. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> wait, did you, did you, wait, was it the orange Tic Tacs? No, it was red Tic Tacs. I sent them back. The like, I tic- used the Tic Tacs back. You I, used everything. You used the box. I used the wrapping. You just <laughs> threw your beer in and just sent everything back to me the way I sent it to you. Yeah, so, like, you, fair enough. Like, you package beer better than I've ever seen beer packaged. And I'm like, well, I have to. That's why it took me so long to mail the beer back to you. I'm like, man, the standard of packaging is so fucking high. Like, it's going to take me an hour to package up this beer. I just wanted to, I, when I, especially when I'm shipping out my homebrew, I want to make sure that nothing gets broken in transit. Because right. 
you know, as you guys know, as homebrewers, you spend so much time planning and making the beer. And so you don't, you know, God, you know, like if anything ever happened, it's just such, it's so disappointing. Beer right. is beer when you're, you know, commercial beer, when you're, when you're trading and sending that, you yeah. can get another can, you know, but with the homebrewing, you only have so much. You got to make shit. So speaking of that, let, let's bring up the, well, actually, let's, on, before let, we get uh, too far into this, let's talk about this beer we're drinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're about yeah, to be out of it. I feel like Josh uh, Porkshine would be very disappointed. Hambright. Yep. Is his name pork? Yep, pork spark. Uh, fair enough. So on that point, I mean, I think the beer, in terms of the look, it's uh, it's popping. It's a uh, very yellow, yeah. goldish color. Yeah. Um, also, I'd like to mention, I'm really pumped that it only took three episodes for us to drink the same beer together. Right. Um, that's that's correct. Um, so that's more news positive. to come on that later on in the show. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and I, I get. I know you guys are going to think this is weird. I get like dill pickle on the nose. Okay. Let me, uh, uh, which I think could be the French oak. Uh, I think if you were to tell me that, if you were to give me this beer and not tell me there was French oak in it, I probably wouldn't be able to guess. But I would get that like very dill pickly, yeah, which I, I I get with farmhouse and in, in some kettle sours. Yeah, depending on the strain of uh, a yeast they use, I think I get like this really uh, dill pickle. Yeah, I, uh, I, flavor. I, I didn't pick that up before, but I, I definitely picked that up on on the nose. It doesn't come through in the in the mouth uh, at all, but but on the nose for sure. Flavor wise, yeah, uh, it, it's very much it's it's much heavier on the pale ale than it is on the farmhouse, which From- I really enjoy. I, I think with farmhouses and Belgian saisons, there's a little bit of a an expectation on my end that it's going to be a little too yeasty, yeah. a little too farmhousey, and I don't enjoy that at all. Uh, so, but this is not that at all. I'm actually really, really impressed. It's five percent alcohol. Um, you know, it drinks like it. It's got a little bit, got that bitterness that lingers on the back end. You know, mm, to right. me, it's 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 not overly clean, but it's got this like really, really kind of big lingering bitterness, which like to to your point, I think was that you know pale ale uh, uh, concept. When jo- jo- the the Josh Hambright, who's who's been on the show, um, they have a, a yeast culture that they use for most of their of their funky beers, and it's a mix of Britannomyces and Saccharomyces together. And this is and opening the goddamn doors. And I'm glad we sent this this one to you because this one's really indicative of of their yeast culture. This is this is kind of like this tastes a lot like some like oh. a lot of their beers have this same this same kind of character to it because they're using the same yeast culture. I did just get a little bit of the sour, yeah, and it's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I think actually think he did a good job. I, I think it is a little bit or quite a bit more on the pale ale side, but I'm a big pale ale fan myself, so yeah. I don't mind it. But I think for the style, maybe a tiny bit of a miss just because it's not really farmhousey. But I right. think the yeast is absolutely on point. Yeah, the, and, the, yeah, the yeast is dead on it. It's it's a good beer, and Josh Josh isn't really he's not uh, necessarily always brewing the style. He's brewing the taste. Uh, he's mm. not afraid to put himself out there. So fair enough, and the taste. I'm I'm utterly impressed. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I don't know what hops he used, but I get I definitely get some grapefruit and some really really pithy orange almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely get. Do you get oh, pissed off? <laughs> it's Citra and Haller Tower. Citra, yeah. So I think uh, the Citra is probably a little bit more pr- uh, prominent. I, I agree me. with you there. It doesn't it doesn't have really an old world feel to it at all. No. There, there, there's an undertone that I think is a ni- it's a nice balance. I said old world like we were talking about wine. What I definitely <laughs> meant was it didn't have a British feel to it at all. <laughs> you were like Michael Scott in the office when he's at the banquet hall and he goes, uh, I'm a connoisseur of wine and he sniffs it and he goes, this is a white. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome we just started yes. watching the office my wife and i uh yesterday we, we are on we are now on season one episode be, hold on four. hold on oh, be, let's let's be, i mean we watched the whole thing before but. yeah like let's oh, be you, more okay. transparent like this is not your first rodeo no it's like my fourth time through the office but i've uh, i've kind of vowed to stop watching it when michael scott leaves the first time now really yeah like i watch it's great until then and then after that it kind of sucks the, the, okay so my second time through this is not uh, a The Office podcast, let's be clear. But my second time through, I thought that the episodes with Michael Scott, or sorry, the episodes after Michael Scott were better the second time through. Um, I've Agreed. watched them twice through. I can't. I, I can't. Okay. And like some of them are good. Like the episode where Andy steals back The Office because David Wallace comes back and like usurps the other guy. Like that's a fucking amazing episode. But it's like one, like every episode is great before Michael Scott leaves. Jeez, Aaron! Spoiler alert, much? What the fuck? No, 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 no! There's no such thing as a spoiler for off like The Office. Like if you if you haven't watched The Office, like by now you just you just lose. If you're cryogenically frozen and the first thing you decided to do is listen to Plato's Gravity, well then you're fucking hosed. <laughs> like, 
Fair like, enough, man. Even though, also, thank you. Thank you for listening to Plato's Gravity the first time you came out of the cooler. For all of our cryogenically frozen <laughs> listeners out there, thank you. Also, real quick, if just before we move moving forward, if I could, I wanted to thank you for sending the box. The beers are absolutely amazing. We're a big yeah. fan of Zombie Dust. Oh, so nice. We love that. Uh, and we're really excited to try your home brews. And if we'd be more than happy to review them on our brew tubing channel, that, that we can kind of talk about that off air. Now I want, sent but. you. Now that you can review them. I sent you some of our shittier home brews. Hold on, what man. I had available. What all? What what? Uh, what did we send you? Uh, bacon. We sent them bacon beer. Oh, I've never drank that. I'm a vegetarian. And, I made that, and I haven't. I haven't had it. And then we also sent you a molasses bomb. Uh, you sent us good homebrew. We sent you like I, I just bomb. we don't brew in the winter that much. So I sent you the garbage no we had left over. And then bomb. did I send you the cider? Yes. Okay. The cider. The cider is actually pretty respectable. Um, it's back sweetened with cranberry juice. It's like a, a Christmas cider. It's not that sweet at all, though. It's the one okay. that Aaron is least likely to drink. I I don't drink it. That's why there's still some left. Yeah, but it, it, I liked it. I think it's good. Did you guys happen to have the liftoff IPA from Daredevil? We I mean, haven't. I haven't drank anything yet. Oh, this is the okay. First beer that we've taken out. Oh yeah. man, yeah, yeah. When you, I, I, I'd like you know, hit me up on Twitter when, once you drink the liftoff. That's that's like my go-to beer. So I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. So sure. nice West Coast IPA. It's it yeah, is cool. it is in fact a, a solid beer. I think so. We sent you this from Central State. What else did we hit? Uh, we, well, we four fifty. That we sent them the four fifty North. 450 nuggets okay or nugs i i don't even i haven't even had that aaron why are you buying people besides me you for- bought that beer that's the that was your contribution to the care package the nugs yeah i didn't buy that oh yeah and you also bought i think Way you to also go, bought me. the i think you also bought the rober no did, did I, we send you co- what oh, did I we send, send you a coffee nephilim no yes. oh you should be super excited for that one is there a okay. swipe right nice. i don't think Would there's a swipe right really i thought i, I thought i'd brought a swipe right no, no, you def- definitely didn't because I, I would know that because I named one of my beers Swipe Right. Uh, it was, I would have known that. It actually, yeah. it's a Central State uh, New England IPA that is delightfully juicy. Well, it's um, nice to know that they ripped off Exit 12 Brewery. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, they, they actually... They were contacting a lawyer pretty soon. They, uh, <laughs> they were on their way uh, to get the permission and they got off at Exit 12 and they couldn't find you guys, so they... <laughs> <laughs> Better than that. <laughs> Very nice. That's uh, that's good stuff. So, um, so you guys, uh, you guys have uh, had a lot going on. While I was sending you shit home brew, uh, molasses bombs, brew. and, and ba- we're not making up a word for that, <laughs> and bacon bacon bombs. You guys have uh, won a finish second place in a competition. To, uh, how'd that go? Yeah. So we uh, entered our first competition. It was a local home brewing competition at a at a local uh, brewery okay. <clears throat> called uh, uh, Barrel House Z, and basically. Uh, the winner of the homebrewing competition was free to enter. So the winner of the homebrew competition got to brew that winning beer on their system, system. and they would sell it in the tap room. Nice. nice. Um, so, yeah, we brewed our cherrywood smoked porter that we call uh, Live in the Moment because everything else is uncertain. It's uh, We utilize local cherrywood um, from a local maltster here in here in Massachusetts. Nice. And, uh, and we upped the mouthfeel on it a bit. It's a 5% uh, cherrywood porter. Okay. And uh, – yeah, we were. It's our first competition. We were very surprised to, that we were in the top three. They announced the top three, and then in two weeks they had uh, everybody come for what they call Massachusetts Beer Week, and uh, it's basically a week dedicated to Massachusetts uh, craft beer, everything craft beer and home brewing. And they have you know food tastings paired with beer, and and all week there's different events going on all over the state. Uh, and so the one of the last events of the week. Was on uh, a Saturday. Uh, was on a Sunday, and they had the three finalists as well as everybody in the tap room gather together. And they had uh, people from different walks of Massachusetts craft beer life come in to, and taste, you know, sample the beers. Um, the people that were there to support the other home brewers didn't get to taste them; just the judges. Right. And so they judged them, and then they announced the, you know, the three people: third, second, and first. So yeah, we came in second place overall. So you know, very humbled. Uh, we we're really happy about. Just even being in the top three since it was yeah. our first homebrew. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. you're so, drinking our first homebrew competition beers, and they're not. They weren't second places. Did you? Did you? Did you try the um, the number one? Like the 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 person that edged you out? No. So unfortunately, um, they. That's you know I and it was our first time doing a competition, so I'm not really sure how things are supposed to go. But no, hmm. they didn't. There wasn't enough beer for them to hand out to okay. everybody. So oh, right. yeah, they had some like social craft beer. 
Massachusetts social media influencers. They had somebody that owned, they had a couple of people that owned bottle shops in Massachusetts. And then they had like the owner of the brewery, uh, all kind of in a panel tasting the beer in front of everybody. And then they announced the winner. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty, pretty fun, ex- pretty fun experience anyway. So how much of the beer did you keep for yourself? That sounds like a pretty good beer. Uh, so we only had to enter four bottles in the competition. So we had five gallons, which ends up being about two cases or so. So I still got a, a few more bottles of it left if you guys want to happily send you guys some over. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we, we actually really enjoyed it. I yeah. would not complain. But then now we have to make uh, an equitable beer. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Like, I, I'm going to make, um, I'm, I'm going to make, coming up pretty soon, a smoked a smoked Martin, uh, a Roush a beer. A Roush beer. So uh, I'd, be happy a to, I'd be happy to send you some of that. Uh, yeah, no, about, absolutely. About five months after you send me the other, <laughs> the other beer. Fair uh, enough. Also, if you send it to, if you can send me, give me your, your, actually, I think what happened is you gave me your actual address and then I just lazily sent the beer to the return address that you sent me to. So, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So happy, happy to you. On the mom. other hand, now I feel like wow. uh, I, I have an open invitation to just, uh, make your mom a pen pal of mine. I'll just send her like updates on my life and she'll send me updates on her life and it'll be great. No, um, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a firm no, Jason, in case you didn't catch the social context. Oh, but I need friends. You have this you guy. Anyway, Jason. I, I'm sort of offended that you, you say you need friends. You have me. Right I here. have friends, but you could always use more. I'll be there for you. Are you singing a friend song right now? Is I am. So you guys also. So how's your? Uh, so you guys have the YouTube channel going. Like, how's that gone since we last spoke? It's gone really well. Uh, you know, we upgraded our equipment. We have uh, an official microphone, so it actually will sound halfway decent. Nice. Um, yeah, we've we've invested some money into it, but I think ultimately it's been really. It's been such an enjoyable experience for Brandon and I to kind of chronicle not only our home brewing goings on, but also mm-hmm. kind of things we have going on in our personal lives. You know, like um, I announced that I my wife's pregnant. Uh, she's due in oh, August. Congrats. Congratulations. Hey, that's, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Aaron and I are both August babies. I was born. In oh, August. that's awesome. Huh. Well, what are the dates? 13, 28th. Uh, well, baby boy Lesegor is doing the 16th, so we'll see. Oh, what how about that? Right, maybe right in the same. Maybe it'll come a little bit early. Um, but yeah, so like, and, and then, you know, we had other home brewers online that we've come to be digital friends with uh, congratulate me on their own videos for having, you know, having a baby boy. So like, nice. it's just, uh, it's really cool. You know, I think for anybody that's interested in getting into brew tubing, uh, it's a really, really rewarding experience. You learn a lot. You, um, you reach out and network with other home brewers that are doing it, other brew tubers. You know, we've learned a lot about our own processes. We've been able to improve our processes by, you know, brew tubing, you know, people comment on the YouTube videos and it's been nothing but support. You know, it's been, like I said, a really rewarding and fun experience for both Brandon and I. Sweet. So like talk about, you talk about process improvement, like, like give us a, a, an example or, or two of things that like have gotten better because people have watched you and given you feedback. Sure. So even just uh, something as simple as uh, hopping, you know, uh, more recently we were experiencing in our beers, this, excuse me, medicinal, uh, plasticky taste when we whenever we did like a New England IPA, oh. and so we thought it could have been a few different things. Whether it was we weren't properly cleaning the catalyst fermenter because it's plastic and it scratches when you're cleaning it, so right. maybe there's some mm. uh, kind of bacteria getting into those grooves. Uh, but in speaking to some of the home brewers, uh, a lot of them mentioned fermentation temperatures, and a lot of them mentioned right. the times at which we're hopping and what the alpha acids are and things like that. So uh, we just recently. Did in I had another try to New England IPA and um, it's better. Certainly not completely there, but that taste is kind of lingering uh, off. It's it's kind of tapering off a little bit, and we mm-hmm. we account, uh, attribute much of it to the advice that we've gotten from people commenting on our videos and other brew tubers. You know? Right. Well, actually, we just had uh, today earlier earlier we interviewed uh, uh, Jason Kelly. Um, who came on the show and, and he actually has given a talk. No about, relation. No relation to Jason or Kelly, my wife. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird for me to interview someone named Jason Kelly, uh, but it is awesome as well. Uh, and he, he talked about how if you when you do that the the dry hopping, especially if you do it during fermentation, um, it, it's wise to sometimes notch the fermentation temperature down to to eliminate some of those off flavors. So oh. instead of 
you know, fermenting at 65, you might ferment at 60 because that those hops do some bio transformationy things that, that, that can kind of creep into the beer and infect the fermentation. Yeah, apparently uh, Sierra Nevada released a paper about that, or at least released a study uh, that he was talking about. There's uh, Sierra Nevada did a study on dry hopping and the kind of flavors you got when you dry hopped. And that seems like I haven't. I two episodes in one day. I have not had a chance to read it. So, good lord, I'm going to read it, and it seems like it's going to be fascinating. It's going to blow my goddamn mind, and people will think listening to this that I'm a very slow reader, but really, <laughs> I'm a very good uh, writing. Aaron's coattails of being good at planning. <laughs> so we've got episodes done ahead of time, and it's delightful. And I will, yeah. by the next episode that we record, I will have read this. Yeah, yeah and, and to that point, I think one of the brew tubers mentioned uh, that Sierra Nevada paper, you know what I mean? And yeah. kind of mentioned how basically, as to your point, if you just notch the firm temperature down a little bit, even if it's a little bit below the threshold of what the yeast can handle, uh, depending on when you're dry hopping, it can it can positively affect the beer. So we, we're changing things constantly in our own processes. And I think it's that's home brewing in a nutshell. Right. It's just constant innovation yeah. and constant change, right? So uh in in brew tubing's brew tubing's been a phenomenal catalyst for that for that positive change. Uh was that a was that an intended pun? Yes. Catalyst, catalyst. That's your fermenter, right? Yeah. Nope. That's uh, that's two. I did one off air about Tic Tacs. I'm nailing it. Yeah, crushing it, crushing, crushing the the punnage. Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, how, so the Catalyst Brewing, like that's a that's a badass fermenter. Do you guys have? Is that? Do you guys are you doing all your fermentation in a Catalyst, or do you have other things? If you have more than one beer going at a time. So, if we have more than one beer going at a time, we uh, any anything hoppy, we will do in the Catalyst because I enjoy watching the fermentation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I kind of call it, I, I call it like uh, dank fireworks. So if you really look at it closely, you see it kind of exploding in the, in the, in the fermenter. So, dank uh, dank we, fireworks is actually just what happened in my childhood. Like when we <laughs> rode to the what? fireworks in, like when I was eight years old, I barfed in my dad's car and then he took us to the July 4th no, fireworks no, and think, that was dank fireworks. Was I think dank, dank fireworks, fireworks is where you get high and watch fireworks. I never got high and watched fireworks. Then... Maybe barfing is in fact dank fireworks. Oh, okay, we've really, <laughs> we've really gone off the rails. The Catalyst Fermenter is a great product to watch your fermentation for dry hop beers in. And uh, I think dank yeah, fireworks is fair. a great band name. If they have eight minute and over uh, long songs, dank fireworks I, is a great name. I think dank fireworks would be a great beer name. I was just going to say that actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny you say that. So uh, I, I agree. So. Uh, this so might let's be talk. our collaboration. We might we, do a collaboration. Do you want to do a beer. collaboration beer? We can uh, we can make a dank recipe together. Fireworks. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Yeah, we'll call it dank fireworks. We'll call it dank fireworks. Okay, uh, we'll have to. Uh, we'll get back to you. Uh, we'll, we'll put that together. Yeah, dank. It's got to be in New England, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it can't be anything else. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what should we like intentionally make the bottles geysers? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like over prime them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think no is the answer. So talk about the uh, the SJ Pour Challenge. Yeah, sure. So basically, it is a uh, it's a home brewing competition that's judged by the people uh, that are in the competition. Uh, oh, oh. So yeah, you had yeah, to brew beer to judge unique, it. Peer review. Uh, one of the only competitions uh, of its kind. Uh, it's been around since I think 2013. Uh, but basically, it started out uh, this uh, guy SJ Pour. He's a brew tuber. He He's the one that started. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the homebrew Wednesday phenomenon, uh, but basically, it started as a way for yeah. Well, basically, started as a way for brew tubers to um, go online uh, every Wednesday. Create they created a video. They would post it on on Wednesday, call it homebrew Wednesday, and it was a way for them to kind of share their brewing techniques, their recipes, any tips they had, disasters that they experienced, any triumphs, uh, and people would comment on the videos. Uh, and it was basically turned into this kind of global online community among homebrewers. And it was just a really cool thing that uh, SJ started himself. So uh, it started as that. And then in 2013, he created the challenge. Uh, it initially was the United States, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and it was uh, all under this common theme. So um, every year it's a new theme. 
And so this year they took last year off um, for some reasons. And then this year they're back, but they're not, we're not including the um, other countries. It's only going to, it's going to be limited to a a United States, just the States. What's the theme? uh, The the basic theme is it's called uh, brew mania. Okay. So it's three rounds. And in this challenge, the past winners of the SJ poor challenge get a buy. So they get a bye week. They move on to the second round. Okay. And it's actually kind of a blessing in disguise. So it's for those of us that are new to the SJ poor, SJ poor challenge, such as I, we don't have to go up against those. The former winners. Right. Right. Those winners. Right. So it, you, statistically is a better chance of you getting to the next round that way. So mm. um, there's three rounds. And in this specific challenge, uh, in past challenges, you would brew one beer for each round. And so we found that people are more receptive if we just limit it to one beer. And you can brew it as many times as you want because this challenge lasts for quite a long time, mm. right. probably about four to six months. So the basic concept is you brew your best beer. You send it off to a hub uh, that is going to be designated to you beforehand. And then that hub will send you back beers um, for you to judge. So you go online and you judge them yourself. Excuse me. All the scores are averaged up and the top scores move on to the second round and so wow. on and so on until you get to the championship. So uh, it's a really cool concept. It's you're, you're getting true, honest feedback from other home brewers as opposed yeah. to uh, as opposed to you know, SJ, uh, PC, or BJCP. Yeah. Yeah. BJCP judges. And, um, it's just a really great way to network. I know for a fact, people that have entered the competition have met and now have lifelong friends because of it. Uh, and so it's just a great, like I said, it's a great competition and, and the winner gets a, um, hydrometer trophy. Nice. Um, and they get their name put up on the website. We've, we've got some really, really great sponsors this year, including bouncer filters and, uh, some other sponsors that are that are kind of uh, putting some money forth for the competition. So there's you know a lot of excitement this year because they took it off last year. But um, yeah, and it's the just for frame of reference, the entry fee is uh, thirty five dollars, and that does not include you shipping the beers out. But it does include it does include you getting beers back. Okay, nice. So um, yeah. what did you enter this year? So. It hasn't started yet. Okay. It's yeah. starting, uh, I think the first round, I think is starting in July or August. Ooh, not 100% okay. sure. We might have to get on this, um, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really cool competition. Like I said, um, I can, if I'll get, send you the link. Maybe you can put it in the shouts. I shall put it uh, in the shouts. <laughs> the SJ Poor Challenge uh, link so that you can get all the information. Any questions you have, you can go right on the website, right on SJ's videos. He's got two videos that explain it. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's that's badass. What I think is it's cool. I I think people a lot of times uh, get discouraged when they when they go to competitions and they get negative feedback and they you know that's not the experience they wanted or whatever. Um, negative and, feedback makes your beer better. It, it does well, but you know people are sensitive. That eh, sucks, but it's also like well, you're right. But I think it's also cool to like. I am dumb looking. The and idea. I smell funny. Jason, stop it. What? Ha. Huh. The idea of getting feedback from people who are in the competition they, with you. I don't you. know why the BJCP told me that I smelled funny. Um, uh, did you have, how was your mouth feel according to the BJCP? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, no, but I think, I think it's cool like that you're competing against the people in the competition. Like you're getting feedback from people who also brewed beer for the competition. That's really fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's really competitive, but it's also really helpful. And like I said, it a lot of the people in the competition have made lifelong friends because of it. So. so so do you end up being the judge per like, so if you move up a bracket, like a, to the next level, do you then receive more beers to judge or is your Correct. judgment? Okay. So it is still, that's and how many beers are you judging? Awesome. It depends on how many people enter. Right. And, and so it's basically limited to your specific hub. So, um, okay. I don't, I don't want to give too much away until everything else, until everything's you know, officially revealed, but yeah. uh, you basically send your beers off to a hub, and uh, people in the region will do the same thing. And the person, the the main hub that's getting those beers, will package one of each into each box and send it back to you. Okay. Okay. How many? So you submit four. How many? How many beers do you submit to them? So everybody gets one entry. Okay. We're limiting it to one entry. So, but how many? Like, if if I'm doing one entry, how many? How many copies of that beer? Am I? How many bottles am I sending? 
Again, it all depends on how many people. Oh, so they, 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 they let you know. Okay. So yeah, uh, they let, haven't quite opened up uh, registration just yet. Let, let's talk about mailing beer because this is not a thing. So I, I've never mailed beer until I mailed beer to you. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. No, because I just, yeah, I just drink the beer that's around and, you know, it's never been a thing. So so the first time I ever mailed beer to somebody was to the candle company uh, at your mom's house. Um, <laughs> that sounds is, almost like an insult. That's right. Right. I, I mailed it to the candle company at your mom's house. <laughs> that's not what. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he doesn't want you to become pen pals, Jason, because that's how your mind works. No, I'm just a nice guy, and I like no, friends. No, fine. no, you can't do it. I just, oh, I okay. just need updates on everyone. So y- you wrap tape around the uh, the 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 bottle tops for your homebrew. Uh, is that like a common thing to wrap tape around so they don't spill out? Uh, generally, veterans. It's a veteran move. You know, okay. I think when you're. When you're shipping beers uh, in the colder months, you know you don't you want to avoid bottle bombs. You want to avoid any type of oxidation, any type of leaking, sure. uh, things of that nature. So the best way to do that, and the easiest way, is to utilize elect- black electrical tape because not only is it very adhesive, uh, but it it's easy to take off as well. Right. Yeah. It came came straight off. It was good stuff. So, uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about. Actually, after the break, we're we're coming up on break time. I want to take a, a quick break. But you sent us a beer, uh, a star. Uh, you sent us an a, an anise cookie beer, and I, I want to talk about it on the air because I feel I feel bad. I had I, I had you sent us two bottles of it. The first time I ta- I thought I tasted something that wasn't there. But I'm like uh, a super. Is this like a it was uh, the, like a Mari like come to Jesus kind of? Like, no, are we doing daytime it, talk show? No, like? the problem is that I one time made a beer with acetyl aldehyde, and then I'm like super afraid of acetyl aldehyde forever. So anything that even tastes remotely like acetyl aldehyde will like make me upset. I'm afraid of people stabbing me sometimes. Shut up, Jason. So, but I had uh, I actually, and I told you I would taste the new bottle, and I didn't until recently because I don't always do what I say what? I'm going to do. So I had the. Did the, I taste the new bottle? No, I drank Mother it without. Uh, I drank the second version of the Anis beer yesterday, and I... You drank it yesterday, knowing... Could have saved it for the show. I could have saved it for the show, but I wanted to like be prepared. If it, if there was acetyl aldehyde in there, I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> Why? Well, because you know, I was just throwing my guests under the bus, but there was so no acetyl aldehyde. You had this beer that I could have also had that we're about to talk about that yeah. now I have no context And it for. really had a delightful star anise cookie feel. Like, I, I think it was a great beer. Um, oh, honestly, I'm it sure a, it was. It was a, I'm sure it was a great beer. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the Star Anise beer if Jason comes down this way. Welcome back to Plato's Gravity. I'm Aaron. That is incorrect. You are Jason. I am Aaron. I don't, you just paused, and I just felt like I had to say words. You did, and they were the wrong words. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about. So, and I think this is a this is a fun topic. We're going to talk about a beer um, that that Nick and Brandon sent us. Uh, it was an anise beer, and I originally, when I first tasted, it, I thought it had acetyl aldehyde. Which, if you don't know what that is, you were like me before last summer when I made a beer with acetyl aldehyde, which is green apple, and mm. it's actually. What, what, two, I have three things to say about this. One. My wife loves the flavor of acetyl aldehyde. My wife. I made acetyl aldehyde. I made a a beer that had acetyl aldehyde in it, and she loved it and drank most of it. (laughs) She was (laughs) like, yes, give me the green apple beer. I love it a lot. Two, I feel like this is a fun opportunity. One, I I don't think it had acetyl aldehyde in it. I think I was so worried because I had just made one that it was like, there's like, it's a gold, it's it's a Belgian strong ale, right? It's a Belgian dark strong. Belgian dark strong with, with star anise. And I think that the, 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 the way that the anise played with the sweetness of the Belgian Dark Strong kind of reminded me of like a green apple, but it wasn't. It was its own thing. And then I had it again yesterday, and I was like trying to really focus on the flavors. Oh, yeah. I remember when we yeah. drank that together. Yeah. And it's just yesterday. Not yesterday. And it's just, <laughs> it was, it, it tasted like a licorice cookie beer, which is, I think was the, was the intention. But I think it, I, I say all this to say it's a good thing to talk about like how people's palates affect the way they taste beer. Because like, I was just in a space where I was going to perceive anything close to acetylaldehyde as acetylaldehyde, and that's just whatever the fuck it is. Like, can you like can you talk about how your palate might have evolved and like how like your palate might play tricks on you when you're tasting and trying to get better? Oh boy, absolutely, yeah. And there's a great example of it in in one of the beers I sent you guys. Um, so it's fascinating. The more the more I f- kind of find that I 
in drinking craft beer. And, and this was mainly within the first year of, of me experiencing the craft beer movement, right? And mm. so the hazy IPA, we call it a hazy IPA here in New England, but the New England IPA concept was just coming to fruition, was right. just coming to be known. And um, I had tried Trillium beers for the first time. And, and before then, I had had just some local stuff and Sam Adams. Sam Adams mm. was like the bee's knees around here, you know? And so when I had had this Trillium, it was it was an explosion of rainbowy tropical flavors in my mouth. It is literally, I, I, I can't explain the first time I had a New England IPA. And, to, and so to go from that, and I think it's, not only is it what you're actually tasting, but I think the other half of it that a lot of people don't talk about, and I've done some research on, is the concept of it's mental, right? right. So um, the more beers you drink, I think your palate, you know, especially if it's a New England IPA or something really, really dank, really, or like a, a, a pastry stouts or something like that, mm. if, you, if that's your favorite style, the more and more you drink of those, I think the more your tastes kind of become mute right. to these different uh, nuances and aspects. So when you're reading the back of the can, when you're reading the back of the bottle and they have all of these just flavor descriptors, I think somebody that's just trying craft beer, just getting into it, may mm. be able to get those flavors a little bit better than a seasoned pro. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but the only reason why I say that is because that pro, that person that's like us, that's been drinking craft beer for years, has tasted all the flavors we think we're going to taste mentally. Right. Nothing to surprise us mentally. Right. So that was kind of the thinking behind the Anaset cookie. But what we I sent you guys the a smash beer that we did right. that mm -hmm. I was convinced every other beer that I had and we had bottled all of it from the keg with the Blickman beer gun. I was convinced Blickman. Every, every first or uh, first, third, fifth, seventh bottle that I had of it, that it was contaminated with that buttery off flavor. Oh, like, like yeah. Uh uh, yeah, yes, I know what buttery off flavors come from. It's DMS. I'm to think of no, DMS is corn. It's the other one, diacetyl. Diacetyl. I was convinced that the beer had diacetyl in it, and my Brandon could not disagree more. So, again, uh, I think what it, when it comes down to is with off flavors, when you told me that the Belgian had the, dia uh, the um, acetaldehyde, acetaldehyde I, it doesn't surprise me because – so, basically – People can be perceptive and they can be uh, a little more real. Uh, uh, they can catch off flavors a lot better than others. So, right. for right. example, you know, I, I think it's because I've had so many New England IPAs in my life that um, I just can't I can't detect like the hint of off flavors. But I sent my beers to uh, Kevin Clements, Clements Home Brewing. Uh, yeah. Follow him on Twitter or sorry, not Twitter, on YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel. He rated a few of my beers. Now, granted, the beers were in the six-month range. They were right. a little old. But the first two beers, the first one was an apple cinnamon brown ale that, when fresh, was absolutely phenomenal. And then the second one was a cranberry pale ale. Uh, and both of those beers he tried on camera with his son, and they both got oxidation. Right. So he's. I think it's, I think it's a situation. He said he got quite a bit of oxidation. Now... I get it because if you're more sensitive to oxidation, I, I have bottles of the friends giving pale ale, that cranberry I gave him, and I don't get the oxidation. That doesn't mean there's not oxidation. It right. also doesn't mean that there is. I think it's perceptive. It depends on yeah. how, how, how you, you know, when you're drinking the beer, if you're, uh, uh, if you catch those flavors or not, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think there, there's and there's definitely differences in people in terms of what they can perceive. Like some people, you know, e even brewers. Like if you go and interview brewers, sometimes they're like, "Oh yeah, I have a guy in my shop that can taste DMS because I can't, and I need to know like if my sure. stuff tastes like cooked corn because it doesn't appear to me, and, and and it's just it's just different. And I think you know, for me, I'm pretty sensitive to acetaldehyde, uh, even more than than like diacetyl or DMS or any other off flavors. Like, but I think a part of it is like, oh gosh, and then, but this brings up a good point because I'm pretty confident that there wasn't acetaldehyde in that beer, and that was just in my brain. But I'd be I, able to tell you if I'd had it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it does bring up a good point. And you know, we're doing a podcast. You, uh, you do the brew tubing thing. If you review somebody's beer, um, what either while they're on the show or not, like, where do you draw the line about like, you know? you want to be promoting beer and home brewing and all that stuff. Like how do you feel about like trashing someone's beer on your show? I'll try to make this answer as short as I can. <laughs> but basically um, I think in the beginning when we first started uh, beer reviewing, Brandon and I, 
uh, we don't give any scores, but we give feedback. So when we were we first started it, we were in a uh, in a group of people that was brewing the same beer, and they were all throwing different hops in it, and sure. we were all sending the beer to each other. So um, we were getting back about eleven or twelve of of the same beer base, but different hops. Mm-hmm. So we would be able to kind of comment on on different aspects. And and I'll be completely honest. Um, I think in the beginning, it, it we wanted to be nice. You know, and right. so and that's not to say that all the beer, all the beers were good in their own ways. You know, I think some were better than others. But I will say there were there was probably one or two that was may have been infected, you know, but that right. is it, it, it's a very slippery slope. Because when you put those terms out there, oxidation, diacetyl, acetylaldehyde, when you're putting those terms out there, they have such a negative connotation. Sure. that I think viewers of the channel may think may really think that those beers have those off flavors. And I think that may and well be true, but um, I think it's important to understand when you're reviewing a beer uh, to, to if you're going to be critical, also point out the, the good aspects of the beer. Right. right? So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think in the beginning we were just so over the top positive about every single beer that we had had on video. And now the more that we're doing this brew tubing thing and the more that we've spoken to other brew tubers, we're in a very, very solid very loving, caring, supportive, respectful group of brew tubers that have given us great feedback on how to review beers. And um, they basically said as much. So if, if the beer has an off flavor, you know, make sure to point out positive aspects of the beer and say, you know, maybe you could work, maybe you could add some of this. And then always, I think going forward, what we're going to utilize is the term, but that's my opinion. That's my, fla- you know, that's, that's how I perceive beers or that's how I taste beers or that's my preference. Well, right? I, because I think, that's what it is. It's just a preference. Well, I, I think that's, that's spot on. And I, I feel kind of sensitive to this because I, I feel like I have a pretty reasonable beer palate. I feel like it's not, it's not tremendous, but I'll sometimes pick up things in beers that I'm pretty happy with when I, when I drink a beer and then I read how it's made. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I picked that up and I'm pretty happy with that. But then other times like I'm wrong and, and you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, I, uh, I think this of your beer, and then you know, I think so much of the feedback that you give relies on you having a strong palate, which is why I personally don't like to trash beers on on Plato's Gravity because I don't. I feel like while I have a reasonable palate, I could be off one day or I could miss something. So, like, like I feel like if I have like negative feedback for a beer, and it was someone that I was interviewing, like if we went to a pro brewer or something like that, I would try to tell them off the air. But on the air, I I'm not going to do that because I just not I, I'm not always confident in my own palate. Right. And I think to your point, there's a fine line, I believe, between <clears throat> when you're brewing a beer between, you know, are you being too overcritical or are you being too complimentary? Right. And I think I think but then there's that aspect of <clears throat> respect within the community that, that you're going to provide an honest feedback. Mm. I think when people give you as a home brewer, when I give my home brew to people, I understand if I'm giving it to somebody that drinks mainly Bud Light, I'm going to listen to their feedback. But at the same time, you kind of take it with a grain of salt because it's not somebody that has been expertly drinking beer or like that's been drinking beer on a serious level, craft beer for years. Especially if it's a Goza. As opposed to a Kamza? That was just a grain of salt joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's too much. It was too much of a dad joke. Thanks, dad. I let, I let that one linger a little bit too long. Uh, yeah, so you, I, I think soon enough you'll be telling all the, of those jokes. Uh yeah, and I think I, I think it is a fine line. I think it's it's great to be supportive, but you can't be supportive if you're dishonest. So if you drink a shit beer and you don't tell somebody how you know they're not really going to get better. And I think this is uh, it's kind of a heavy topic. And I was going to ask Jason if you wanted to weigh in, but instead uh, I'm going to ask him to ask our off the wall question. Oh, god damn it! Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Do you, are you not ready? Do you want me to continue? Do you, you want to play tap on tap instead first? We'll play the off the off the wall questions. Not really a game. No. Are we going to tap untapped? Let's do tap untapped. You can ask the off the wall question later. Okay. Right. I uh, we're gonna we're gonna mix up the format because Jason uh, does not have an off the wall question ready. Uh, I don't know if you know, but our new game is it's uh, you we played a bit with you before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, full disclosure to the audience: we recorded a sparge episode with Brandon and Nick, and then I completely forgot that we did that and didn't release it. So someday I'm is gonna. Is it still not released? No. Oh wait! I, so is this the first the the first Exit Twelve Brewery episode? No, no, we did an Exit Twelve Brewery episode, and right? Then, and then we recorded a sparge with the beer they sent us. Okay. And then we didn't release it because I forgot about it. 
So wait, because so I'm we a have jerk. Even more stuff saved up so that we can just like. Yeah, so I'm gonna release it, but I'm gonna pick a special. It's gonna be a special moment in time when we release that episode. It's gonna be fun. Are you um, gonna propose to me? No. And then release the episode. So this is the second time. Is your wife that gonna be really disappointed that this you're proposing is to the me? The second and time that an episode Nick, while you're proposing it. to me. Shh. This is the second time that Nick has played uh, this game. The first time we played it was called uh, They Said What. Now it's called Tap Untapped. So we are going to read some untapped reviews. Okay, so and we made we changed the game since you played it. Because we, we want we want people to win the game, and it's a very difficult game. So we are going to tell you where the beer is from. It's a Massachusetts beer. Okay. All right. So, um, all right, here, without any further ado, Tap Untapped. Uh, Blake C. is drinking this beer, and he's drinking it at the Upstairs Slot Machines Wing C. At the place that makes the beer. No, that's not correct. No, uh, that is 100%. I'm reading it right now. You're that reading. is the place. This is the place where the beer is made. That's the company that makes the beer. Yeah, he said it. He, yeah. just. Oh, never mind. You're reading it wrong. Why, I'm reading it wrong. You're reading it wrong. Upstairs yeah. slot machine, Wing C is not the place where the beer is made. So Blake C is, this taking, is embarrassing. taking a break from Blackjack before my flight, and the beer is on draft. Taking a break from Blackjack before my flight. All that right. is Brandon. Uh, that is Blake Upstairs C. Upstairs slot machine wing C. Is that in the airport? I think he's drinking at an airport. I think that's the... Uh, there are slot machines in the airport at Boston. You guys have slot machines in Boston? Yes. Fantastic. Okay, so Brett M. is drinking this. <laughs> he says it's a little on the dark, bitter side. Good if coupled with right food, but probably not alone. Right. Say that again. Little on the dark, bitter side, good if coupled with the right food, but probably not alone. Did we say the badge that the first uh, comment got? Oh, sorry. I didn't give you the badge. The first guy, the taking a break from the blackjack before my flight, he earned the cheers to independent U.S. craft breweries level seven badge and the brew traveler badge and the brewery pioneer level eight badge. Interesting. Okay. The second that guy tells me a lot about the beer. Yeah, so. if you know what the badges mean, then you can win better. But I don't know what they mean. So, <laughs> um, the second guy said a little on the dark bitter side, good if coupled with the right food, but probably not alone. Mm. And uh, George K, uh, he's drinking this beer out of a can, and he says some beer just tastes better when UMass is winning in hockey. Yes, that's true. Uh, UMass alum, by the way. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank that's, you. That's yeah. exciting. Appreciate he uh, he's that. drinking it out of a can, and then I have I have a ringer clue. So if you uh, if you don't get it on your first guess, I have a, a last clue for you. And so a dark bitter. Um, so that would tell me it was is not a New England IPA if they mentioned dark and bitterness. It's that would be I correct. Was, that is it's definitely was, not a New England IPA. I was it, thinking dark and bitter, um, and it's on tap at an airport. It's on tap at Massachusetts brewery. it's also big Massachusetts brewery. I mean, it's on tap at an airport, so I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Do you know any I, small breweries are on tap at an airport? <laughs> well, they, there are craft breweries. There are craft restaurants that provide smaller craft beer on tap. It's not uh, one of those. It's not one of those. I'll give, uh, you, I'll give you that much. Yeah, it's a big brewery. So I'm going to go with um, – I'm, I'm, wow. Good. I'm going to go with the Sam Adams flagship. Hey, it's the Boston Lager winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. It is. Uh, in fact, I was going to say that it is my, my – their light beer is my favorite light beer. Yeah. The, uh, drink what you beer with- to know, even though you didn't post the Sparge episode, I'm pumped because I nailed it on the Sparge episode as well. Yeah. So suck it. Two for two for two. The sparge is going to come out. You're going to be two for two. Uh, the the giveaway clue, just for fun, is Robert P is drinking a Sam Adams Boston Lager uh, at Giovanni's, and he says, "Okay for mass production brew, limited with what they have here. Giovanni and Lake Mary is better. Bread here was lacking in sauce. <laughs> Bread here was lacking. I don't know in why. Sauce. Like I don't know why. Like you're reviewing That's the beer not... and then also the restaurant on you on. Gotta tap. let them know about the bread to sauce ratio. <laughs> the bread at. to sauce ratio at Giovanni's is not good. Not so, ideal. Uh, it, it does it not enhance. Be it does not enhance the uh, the Boston Lager question. So congratulations, uh, Nick, for being two for Thank two you. on uh, Tap Untapped. And uh, Jason, I believe you are up with the off the wall question. Oh man. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. And it has to be unrelated to beer. That is correct. That's the rules of the segment. Yeah. All right. Do you guys know the... Uh, so you're having a kid, right? Yeah. What's it to you? Uh, no, that's <laughs> great. No. Uh, <laughs> man, how's that feel? 
Is that the off the you wall ask question? It, first, you asked about my mother, and now it's my kid. Yeah, I mean, God, I'm, I'm moving in next week. Take a step back, you know what I mean? No, that's <laughs> super. That's super exciting. Um, what's the? Um, we found that it's it's sometimes difficult to keep up with brewing when you. Oh God, that's brew related though. I can't do that. That's oh, an, yeah. Oh my God, we can ask how that do question you, later? How do you feel about the the? Um, what's your favorite? So much editing. Well, we don't have to edit any of this out. We can make me sound dumb. How dumb do I sound right now? Your eyes are about three quarter closed, so it doesn't help. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. What is your favorite uh, Simon and Garfunkel song? Uh, They're hits. They, I, I, I get the the. Uh, they have like a now that's music volume eighty five of all their hits. Uh, you know, I certainly hope that that is the case. Now that's what I call Simon and Garfunkel. Now that's what I call Simon. <laughs> there was simply Simon and Garfunkel. What is it? This is Simon and Garfunkel on Spotify. There, there was okay. So the the <laughs> symphony here here in Indianapolis did a like a tribute to Simon and Garfunkel. And I'm a I'm a big Paul Simon. I'm a big Simon and Garfunkel fan. So I bought a ticket. I a ticket. I didn't buy tickets. I bought a ticket to go by myself. And I sat in the back next to this 85 year old woman. Everyone else in this place is like 90 years old. And the woman's like, "Oh, so do you know who Simon and Garfunkel is?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm sitting right fucking here." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I was like, "Well, yes, I really like the Milan." She was like, "Oh, that's so great that young people are into these things." And I was like, "That is great. I'm the oldest person where I work at. Oh God, I feel like I'm in a weird spot in life, and I had an existential crisis." You could have just said, "Oh, there was a neon sign. And I just I got distracted and I walked in here." That would require. Oh my God. That would require quickness and wit. Oh, that's so beautiful. J- Jason possesses up. one of those Thank two you. things. Quickness and wit. <laughs> Wait, which one do I per- which one do I have? Oh, wit. Oh, okay. Yeah, the quickness is not. Speaking, uh, of, speaking of wit, that's a great style of beer. What is wit beer? Dad joke. Wow, that's this it's is. A, I had a I had a wit beer yesterday. Uh, it was in the basement. I could have shared it with Jason, but I drank it without him, just like that anise beer. I really thought there was going to be a punchline instead of a kick in the dick at the end of that. <laughs> I think the next I think the next natural the the natural progression of this process is at some point you just all open beers and pour them over his head. <laughs> that's I, exactly that seems right. fair. Like over my head. Only... Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> then at, at this point I still get to drink some of those beers while he gets none. Cuz I will I will orient my head in the upper direction so that I can consume that which is being poured over my head. <laughs> Now, so, so I, you I, can I, shoot I it over his head. I can shot. It's a four. It's a. It's a. It's not a shotgun. Well, I mean, I guess it is a. I mean, it's a shotgun in the sense that, like, it's really a big spray. You know, it's it's a yeah, spray of beer. That this is. I don't like what's happening to my head right now. In theory, so no. This is a question though. Is um, we're we're probably going to have you back on at some point to talk about like the transition to fatherhood and what that does to your brewing because I'm always curious as family dynamics change. Uh, this is a hobby and it takes serious time and it's a thing we love and it's a thing we enjoy. Uh, what that does long, like how that changes over time, what it is you're making, how it is you're making it, where you're finding time for it. It's not a thing we need to talk about now, but it's, it'll be interesting. I can just cover it real quick, just from the standpoint of when you're planning to have a child. I think think that's worth talking about for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, so just, it is a serious conversation with my wife and I just because of how interested I am in the hobby and more specifically because the national homebrew competition is coming to Providence, which is a stone's throw away. So we also, are you, are you going to that Jason? No, I was just excited for you. I I was living vicariously through you and that's like, uh, listeners (laughs) at home, I was dancing and I'm so sorry. (laughs) So yeah, no, I'm sorry. I pointed it out. Um, (laughs) so I think, yeah, basically it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those conversations that we've had multiple times, you know, um, I've gotten the blessing to go to homebrew con, even though it's in late June and my wife's given birth in August. So there's that, you know, and I think it's, you know, um, I I think it's going to be tough to find time, at least in the beginning, but eventually, you know, um, at about four years old, the kid will get a job. He'll figure something out. (laughs) That's right. That's so, yeah. yeah, So I, you know, I, yeah, but no, seriously, I think, um, I think it's different with every with every marriage, every couple, every situation. I think it's different. I have a very 
amazing, amazing wife. You know, um, she's phenomenal. So uh, she's very supportive of my hobby. She understands how important it is to me and how much time and effort is put into it. I think the competition and finishing second in that local competition really put into perspective how much time we spend doing this and and how um, how uh, involved in the process Brandon and I are. So I think both of our our wives are very understanding. He's got a young one as well, so his his daughter just turned one. Wow, so, and he's. Awesome. He's done his best coming, and I think he's been very supportive, whether it's here with me brewing or on text message giving me suggestions of what to do with water additions and things like that. So, um, you know, I think when you have kids brewing on your own may be a little bit easier, but to plan the time when you're brewing with somebody like your best friend, like Brandon and I, and like with you guys, you know, you guys are good friends brewing together. I think it's even tougher to find time. But, you know, if you hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you really love the hobby, you know, you make time and, and that's kind of what we're planning to do. So h- how old will your child have to be before you give them a mash paddle? <laughs> so funny you say that. Uh, my wife, when she told me that she was pregnant, the way she did it was she gave me a onesie of the uh, uh, of my logo, Exit 12 Brewery Assistant Brewer. Nice. She told me that she was pregnant. Oh, my God. So nice. uh, it was really cool. Yeah. And we've had some friends uh, send some home brewing paraphernalia of like a shirt, my shirt that says Brew Dad, and then the onesie that says Micro Brew. So people obviously in our in our circle of friends and family know, uh, you know, home brewing is a big thing for me. So uh, I think, what, you know, four weeks? Right? Yeah. I mean, that's probably yeah, mash paddle <laughs> four weeks. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're gonna pat, if you're gonna, if you're gonna paddle the kid, I think at least it better be a mash paddle. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, that's too many dad jokes. That's too many dad jokes for one show. I apologize to the listeners of of Plato's of Plato's Gravity, but more seriously, congratulations. That's an exciting uh, new new venture uh, in your life, and we're excited to. uh, But we're still excited to have you back on the show and have you and Brandon and and and. Drink some of your future your future beers, and we'll make you some other future beers and send them to you eight months after we say we will, and uh, it's going to be good stuff. Right, for sure. Uh, if, and if I could just uh, real quick just uh, plug the, the website, um, yeah. the yeah. SJ Poor Challenge. Uh, it's sjpoorchallenge.org, S-J-P-O-R-R, challenge.org. Sweet. Uh, as well, go on the Facebook page and, uh, and, and enjoy that. That's a public Facebook page. So, um, and if it's private, I th- it might be private, but just ask to, to be a part of it. Follow SJ Poor on Twitter, follow Exit 12 Brewery, YouTube, things like that. Yeah, and absolutely all those things will be in the shows, uh, especially the SJ Poor uh, challenge. All the other stuff has been in shows before, but we'll have it in there again. Uh, it'll be uh, it's it's an excellent opportunity to engage in. A, I, I think that's a that's a cool way for people who haven't uh, felt like they should enter a homebrewing competition to enter one, uh, where it's 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 the judging is done by other people. It maybe feels a little more safe for your first beer competition if you're out there brewing beer and you haven't you haven't joined a competition. You should check that out. Well, and to your point, I think not only is it by people uh, that are judging your beer. Uh, it's your peers that are also homebrewers, but it's not SJ. Uh, sorry, I keep saying SJ. It's not BJCP right. um, uh, sponsored. So you're not going to get. Um, it's not going to be like an overwhelmingly negative aspect of, of your beer. You know, right. we're all homebrewers. We're all doing the same things you're doing. Feel free to sign up. You know, we're all very positive about what we do. It's all about making friends, community you know, uh, uh, and, and building friendships, but it's also very, a very serious competition about the beer. I, I hope you guys join as well. I, there's a lot to be gained from it. For and sure. since you can't become pen pals with certain people's mothers, because <laughs> apparently they're against it and you need to find friends another way, maybe this is an avenue that you can find friends Maybe. It's a far better avenue. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a far better avenue. This is great life advice from Nicholas from Exit 12 Brewery to Jason. I'm going to make sure that we enforce this life advice. We are we are coming up on time. This has been really fun. Nick, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for sending us uh, some delicious New England beers to try earlier. Uh, we want to thank yeah, our thanks right back to you guys, uh, and, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we'll hopefully we'll we'll probably do this again after we uh, swap beers one more time. And uh, uh, before we, before we go, and I'm I'm gonna put in a record scratch right there in the end music, and it's gonna be delightful. I guess I'm editing the 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 this one. <laughs> we um, but. I do uh, want to point out the 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 band that lent us music for the end of the Central State episode, which we're drinking a Central State beer right now. Um, Rober. 
Rober this is not the name of the band. Uh, Conjurer, a uh, local doom metal band. Um, they just released some new stuff on um, Bandcamp. Oh, nice. And so go check that out. Um, What's Conjurer, the name of that band? Conjurer. Conjurer. C-O-N-J-U-R-E-R. And there might be an umlaut in there. I'm pretty sure there's an umlaut in there. Uh, thanks, John Rao, for letting us use that music, and thanks, Conjurer and Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we want to thank uh, we thank Nicholas already. Thanks, uh, Jason, for a nice spot for Conjure. We want to thank all of our listeners for listening to the show. If you want to reach out to our guest today, you can find uh, him and uh, Nick and Brandon at Exit Twelve on all the social media sites. Uh, you can find the other things we talked about in the show. If you want to reach out to Jason or myself, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Untapped at Plato's Gravity. You can also email us at podcast at Plato's Gravity.com. We will see you next time on Plato's Gravity. In the meantime, listen to some Conjurer, brew some beer, and have some fun. <laughs>